welcome back to another episode of Creating Change. My name is Jillian Walsh and I'm a registered dietitian as well as a registered psychotherapist qualifying here in Canada. And today's episode is going to talk about what to do if your doctor or other primary care practitioner doesn't agree that your child may have an eating disorder. So the tricky part of this is that most, if not all, of the publicly funded eating disorder programs across Canada require referrals from our primary care practitioners. So if you're seeing a GP or a nurse practitioner for your usual kind of uh, entry or primary care concerns, what happens is that that tends to be the clinician or the practitioner that you will bring your child to when you see the red flags of an eating disorder. Now, sometimes these clinicians are great. They agree with all of your concerns, they see the red flags as well, and they complete the referral to the eating disorder programs with no concerns. Sometimes though, we meet a little bit of resistance here. And of course, we recognize that not everyone can know everything. Nobody can know everything, right? So it makes sense that our primary care practitioners don't know a ton about a specialized niche that is eating disorders. They only, only, impact 10% of the population. And of course, GPs or nurse practitioners are seeing a ton of people in the run of a day across a spectrum of concerns and ages as well. So it makes sense that they may miss the red flags of an eating disorder, especially in a child. So when we think about some of the red flags of eating disorders, we do have to rely on either the report of the child or the report of the parent. Now, if the child has a very strong eating disorder brain and is trying to protect that eating disorder that doesn't wanna let go of that eating disorder, they are going to say whatever they feel they need to say to defer the concern and to really make it seem like they don't have an issue, that they don't have a problem with eating or any other sort of red flags of an eating disorder. This can be very tricky for a primary care practitioner that really only has 10-15 minutes to spend with you and your child and as they're asking questions, maybe they're not asking the right questions and maybe they're asking questions that are very easily kind of shut down by the child or able to be brushed off as a non-issue. Now, the other piece is that a lot of folks are steeped in weight stigma. We've unfortunately heard of a lot of families having issues with physicians or other primary care practitioners that say, well, you know, you're growing fine, your weight looks fine, um, you're, you know, you're not underweight, so I don't see anything here. Um, why don't you try again or come back if you still see these red flags in three, six, nine, 12 months, whatever that is. The tricky thing with that is that only 6% of people living with eating disorders are actually going to fall in that underweight status. So while society really pictures those that are affected by eating disorders as frail and thin and underweight, that's actually the minority. Most people that are living with eating disorders don't present as having a strong outward change in their physical appearance. A lot of it, especially in the beginning, a lot of the red flags tend to be behavioral. So it's something that's seen by family and friends that spend a lot of time with that individual. It also tends to be physical signs that can really be explained away by other conditions if not looked at uh, through the context or under the perspective of a potential eating disorder. So this gets really tricky. So we've got a couple of tips when it comes to this. 
First off, if you feel that there's something up with your child, if there's something off, you're thinking, hey, I've looked at those red flags, I'm seeing a lot of the red flags of an eating disorder, I really wanna get my child help. Know that you know your child best. You're a parent, you're out here looking for support, you're out here looking for help. So it makes sense that in your gut, if you feel like something's off, it probably is. Remember that you do know your child best and as the parent, it is your responsibility to advocate for their health care. So the first step is seeking a primary opinion or you know the initial opinion. That's when you go to your primary care practitioner. Now, I do hope that that primary care practitioner, the GP or the nurse practitioner, does agree with your concerns and just signs the referral to send off to the specialized eating disorder team. If that happens, Yay, that's a big accomplishment, wonderful. We really don't have to continue with this video. However, if you get any pushback or resistance from your primary care practitioner and they do not want to send the referral to the eating disorder team, there's a couple of things that you can do. One, you ask for a second opinion. You can ask for a referral to a pediatrician, so that's a more specialized service. They might have more training in eating disorders, and usually, of course, because they see you know, folks under 18, they just tend to see more eating disorders in children than a primary care practitioner. That's step one. Step two is to really go in with your concerns mapped out. So have all your red flags written down, have it on a post-it note, have it in a little notepad where you can say, hey, but we're seeing low body temperature. She's feeling cold all the time or he's feeling cold all the time. She or he has a lot of food rules. We've noticed that their weight has dropped over the past six months and they're growing. They're 15. Their weight should be going up, not going down. We're noticing that they're isolating themselves. They don't want to go out to social gatherings, especially where they're concerned with food. So you do have that ability to raise your red flags and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Because oftentimes they don't know, they don't know the red flags. And it's okay to bring attention to it and say, hey, I've done my research and I'm concerned. What do you think about all of these red flags? If I kind of present them to you at once, do you feel like it could be suggestive of an eating disorder? The next piece is that your doctor does not have to provide a formal diagnosis. So a formal diagnosis is something that's going to be based on the DSM-5 or the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Psychiatric Disorders, I believe. Um, but DSM-5 is, is what we go by for short. And your primary care practitioner does not need to provide a diagnosis in order to access eating disorder care. So here in Canada, eating disorder care in the public system, they will always start with some sort of an assessment. And that assessment is truly meant to do a full investigation of the eating disorder behaviors, the red flags, the symptoms. And at that time, the eating disorder specialists may be the ones to give a diagnosis. Now also remember that a formal diagnosis is not required to access many of the publicly funded eating disorder programs here in Canada. So we don't want a diagnosis to be a barrier to folks accessing care. Not to worry if that is something that your doctor feels is necessary. You can always say, hey, no, I've, I've already looked into it. It doesn't look that way. And even if it is, can we just send it just in case um, they'll do the assessment? And if it's not, well, hey, you know, yep, we wasted a little bit of time here, but that is worth, that is worth the risk um, because the alternative is that we miss a really significant mental health condition that can deteriorate quite quickly. 
So I hope that leaves you with some food for thought, that leaves you with some tips and tricks um, for how to facilitate this tricky situation when a primary care practitioner or you know GP or nurse practitioner doesn't agree with the red flags that you are seeing that may be indicative of an eating disorder in your child. I hope that you are feeling empowered and that you feel like you are able to advocate for your child going forward so that you can ensure that they are getting the care that they need. Now, please remember this is all applying for to the publicly funded system here in Canada. Of course, there is private services as well. That's what we do over here at Change Creates Change. So here in private practice, you do not require a diagnosis. You do not require a referral. Um, you can self-refer and then we can do an assessment ourselves. We'll do a nutrition assessment. We can also do a psychological assessment to see, hey, yeah, either you are seeing red flags or no, maybe that's not quite um, disordered eating and we cannot even give you suggestions for um, maybe alternatives for what it may be. And the big piece is, is that at least you can have reassurance and you can know that you're being heard. That can be so key in terms of getting help for your child early, because as you know, early interventions are going to give you the best chance at your child recovering fully from their eating disorder. All right, folks, thank you so much for being here. If you have any questions, remember to drop them in the comment box below. And don't forget, we have free connect calls every week with myself. There are 15 minutes. You'll connect with me either via telehealth or by the telephone, um, and we can answer some questions. If you need any help with getting connected, that's what I'm here for. I, re I reserve a small bit of my week so that I can help folks out there that are trying to navigate and don't have any support at this time. We wanna make sure that everybody has somebody to help them through this journey. All right, I'll see you next week. Bye for now.